Welcome to Devalue with Mike and Caroline, the place where we talk about art and money and how creative people are navigating the ever-changing landscape of trying to make a living for their work. We're going to be interviewing all types of creative people, and we'll be talking about all types of issues that creative people face. We hope you'll get something out of it. We're excited to welcome you to Devalued. Hi, Mike. Hi, Caroline. Who are we talking with today? Today we're talking to Inside Baseball a little bit. We're talking to the people <laughs> that like help make this podcast happen. Um, Michael Eads, who's the owner of We Own This Town. Hello. <laughs> and Todd Merkley, who edits the podcast and makes it all possible and takes out all the ums and ahs. Hello. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for hanging out with us and for all your hard work to make the podcast possible. Thanks for having Certainly. us. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so we wanted to like kind of get started about um, why we started this in the first place and what we've been up to here at Devalued. So why don't you get why don't you tell us a little bit like why we started this, Caroline? Well, I mean, it grew so naturally out of just a conversation that we had. Um, just past COVID and, uh, and, you know, we were just talking as friends and uh, as creative people about like the situation we're living in and all the struggles and the issues. And it felt really good to just talk to somebody about it, um, uh, and get their experience and their input. And, uh, you and all your wisdom said we should maybe record this and talk to other people about it <laughs> it's kind of cliche to say like let's start a podcast in 2022 but... i will say i fought it uh internally but i am glad that we did it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean because it's such a common question all of our friends are creative people and everyone that we know is in a band and they were having these conversations in private that we wanted to make public, which is just like, how do you attempt at making a living at this? How do you value success with your work? How do you um, go on even though all the obstacles are in your way? And like, we wanted to do something that brought those like really kind of private questions to light and make, make it um, okay to talk about those things. Absolutely. I'm glad that you all did it as well. I think, you know, uh, I don't know if the word's demystifying, but maybe making those things less gauche to talk about, like being more comfortable with talking about like, I'm booking a show. What, what should I get paid? You know, like something as simple as that. Uh, you know, I think those are wonderful topics to cover. I'm glad you guys are coming together to have those conversations. Yeah. And, uh, as label owners, um, Michael owns YK Records, and I uh, used to run Cold Lunch Recordings, and it's a struggle. So I feel yeah. like we have kind of a different viewpoint even um, than some artists about how all the money stuff works. We're supposed to know how it works. You oh. know, I feel like we're expected to know. Yeah, I think that's right. <laughs> supposed to know. Yeah. Good emphasis there. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's all everybody figuring it out uh, on their own. And I, I think having conversations like this sort of you know, it feels like community and it feels like helping each other figure things out because it, it's not a competition. And I think that often is what people kind of think of this as it's like, if your band has success, my band will have less success. And that's just not true. Everybody can be successful. Yeah. And I think what we've learned so far in talking to all these people, um, and we've been really lucky in who we've gotten to talk to so far, um, 
what I've learned is that no one knows what they're doing at any level. <laughs> That's what I've really found, except for Suzanne Chiani, who was yeah. who really knew uh, how to strike the balance between having a career and being a creative person. Like she is the best example of that I've ever encountered. Yeah, that conversation was really inspiring to me because she carries such a piece about her. Um, and and I strive for that. Um, when you're trying to juggle all that stuff and you're trying to navigate, um, that, could, that can be frazzling. But sure. she just is so graceful and I really appreciated her perspective. I really like that she had such a good balance between her creativity and her like, you know, work for hire kind of stuff. Like she knew even from the very beginning that she was going to do commercial work and then she was going to have creative work and they can be totally different worlds and she could still flourish with both of them. Well, that was really insightful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that uh, another thing that we've learned is that um, people who people have this kind of idea about what making it is or that if you are um, a signed artist or if you're like a successful touring artist or you're putting out records that are getting a lot of streams that you're living this life of like um, almost like uh, it's like grotesque creativity (laughs) where, where you're just like, you know, you know, um, writing songs all day and doing all this creative stuff. But like in reality, um, the people that we've spoken to are really small business owners. They're, they've had to set up shop and sell t-shirts out of their garage, just like everybody else, almost as if like they, they started their own like little boutique cottage industries that are b- built around their own art. Yeah. And I, I like that we've kind of uh, addressed some of the, myths around selling out whatever that means you know um i think there's certainly an aspect that artists need to keep in mind when they're trading off their creativity and their you know creative choices for cash um but they i mean what we're finding out is that everybody's got to do that a little bit sometimes yeah, those are hard choices that you have to make and hopefully you have those opportunities to make those choices. Mm-hmm. Well, we start every episode with, um, like, do you think art and money go together? Do you guys, like, like this question? Is uh, We've never <laughs> asked you about this. <laughs> Should we change it up in 2023? Do art and money go together? I think it's a good starting point. So it's, it's a nice conversation icebreaker. Yeah, I think, I think it's good. It's a challenging question right off the bat. Yeah. Do you want to answer it? Oh, do you? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, it does go together because people have gotten rich off of art, but I, it's tough to think that you should expect money from just because you make art. Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. And what's your implication with the question? Do you mean art and money have to coexist or that you should make art for money? Or what is... Is there an undercurrent to the question that you just let the the person receiving it put their own context on? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we let the person receiving it put their context on because like people can take it a whole bunch of different ways. Where it's like, it be like with Steve Albini, he's like, "I'm not a fucking capitalist or whatever." <laughs> like immediately it becomes political. Mm-hmm. And then with another person, where it's it's more the- uh, philosophical, 
or <laughs> theological or spiritual or or it's just like um you know when we were talking to g lab who's awesome g uh, slab g slab yeah oh shit <laughs> you get out of that that's, that's for me that's for me <laughs> Um, he was saying uh, they don't go together, and everyone else was saying yes, they do. And and from like the hip hop world, you it's such it has such an association with money that his answer was very surprising because there's a clear distinction between art and money in his mind. And from an outside observer of that um, art form, it's like you know, art and money seem to be closely enmeshed in a way that like it's it's if you listen to like a jackson brown song it's like money's like the furthest thing from his mind even though everyone knows he's he's like a greedy asshole who charges like 50 dollars for a t-shirt you know what i mean everyone does that now yeah but but what's funny about g slav though is that after immediately after the podcast he brought his merch out and we bought we both we both bought sweatpants (laughs) yeah that's money he's money so so he's doing it you know he's making it work for himself and uh i really appreciate that um always bring your merch people anywhere you go and don't be bashful about selling it no i think that's right don't be bashful about selling it's funny that that's g slab's perspective because he is incredibly hardworking. like Mm -hmm. all the stuff with six one tribe that happened this year just like a local hip-hop collective here in nashville with like 16 to 20 members Mm -hmm. uh he's one of the founding members of it and uh they put out an incredible album and they're just hustling really hard um i don't know that they're doing it for money but i assume that they're doing it to establish nashville as like a place to uh recognize hip-hop as like a valid source of hip-hop of the of the art form um so yeah i think he is hustling for it in that way it's funny that he would have such a division with (laughs) money because i think he's putting so much hard work in Mm. i oftentimes observe that the people who uh are working for something deeper are the hardest working people they're not it's it's not about the cash exchange necessarily there's something in them that needs to be part of this like needs to do something for other people usually and uh that makes them work harder than money ever could i think and we spent a lot of time here when we were talking to mary mancini mm-hmm. um she, we, were, we were asking her if, if she felt as an activist and as a person that's married to like a really kind of locally famous nashville person um songwriter if nashville was like a place where uh they valued their artists and i want kind of wanted to get your your guys's opinion on that because we Ask everybody who lives here if, if that's true, but I kind of don't think so. But I, I don't want to... Like, does the government, the local government... <laughs> well, I don't want this to be like an anti-flag song or something, but it's like... Well, no, but isn't that what the context of the question was? was like, does the Nashville government or respect the, the artists? The Nashville culture. Right. You know, the Nashville... I guess that would be part of it. Yeah, I mean, the, the government's supposed to be a reflection of our values, but I mean, you know... It's well, not. Well, yeah, but I, I think the way she answered that question was talking about how, like, in European countries, they'll, like, uh, set you up. You know, there'll be places to stay when you play at the venue. Like, there'll be, like, right. an actual place to sleep. Or, like, in Canada, there's tons of arts funding, and, like, they really care about filmmakers and musicians, and they just, the government gives them money because they care about it. Where in Nashville and primarily the United States, that's not no. really, yeah. <laughs> that's not really happening. Um, 
but does the Nashville music scene care about, ah, man, that's hard. That's a really hard question because so much of Nashville's sort of profile or what people think of it from the outside is what we think of as Broadway and like the tourist destination and, uh, you know, just honky tonk bars and people playing terrible covers and, uh, <laughs> I don't think those people care about music. They love music, but they don't care about it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I was at Robert's Western World uh, like a few days ago. And I, I love you, Robert's. They don't care about music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Robert's has good bands, though. Uh, or good musicians. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've walked past Kid them. Rock's big-ass honky-tonk several <laughs> yes. times and heard just like the worst blues hammer music just pouring out of there. Mm -hmm. And it's... Yeah, awful. It's, yeah. it's pretty bad. But it's just live music. Everyone I they're talk to, they're making money though. They yeah. are. Those people are getting yeah, paid. They are. Yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah. They're they might be the only ones getting paid. Yeah. They're getting paid the most. <laughs> yeah, out of most of the musicians. Yeah, the people playing downtown and like tribute bands, tribute bands yeah. tend to make a good bit of money as well. Mm. So, which I, is not any shade on them. I mean, people like familiarity, so that's what they listen to. I really like. Uh, maybe and maybe we should have a Nashville uh, Broadway band on the podcast because that would be an interesting yeah. perspective. Because I really resent people who come to Nashville and they say like, "Oh, the people that you'll see on Broadway are like some of the most talented people in the world," <laughs> and it's like there's no evidence of that. <laughs> like, I mean, I've surely seen some shredders down there. Yeah, I they mean, shred. Yeah, <laughs> but. But is that good? It's not creative. Yeah. It's yeah. just shredding. Yeah. They're uh, they're entertaining. It's more of an entertaining yeah. situation than it is like self-expression or human connection right. or any of those things that we tend to value in a performance. But that's not why you would go to Broadway <laughs> for right. any of those things, that's right? True. Like you don't yeah. go to Times Square in New York to like have human connection. You go to the M&M store. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. God, it's the best. Yeah, that is that's a really, really good. good store. Yeah. <laughs> uh, does I think I don't man, I wish I could answer the question does Nashville care? I think they do. Like I think there is a lot of passion for the local music scene here and mm. I, you know, there's so much of it. There's so much music outside of Music Row and, and singer-songwriters and commercial country radio. Uh, and I think people do support it and come out. But yeah. every music scene has, you know, that that story of we booked a show at XYZ Venue and no one came. Like, right. that's it's literally everywhere. It doesn't mean you don't care. It's just hard to get people to come out. That goes back yeah. to what the podcast is about. Is it's like <laughs> creative people are bad at marketing. <laughs> you know, when we were talking yeah. to um, Gil and and Tails, mm -hmm. uh, two local bookers at at national venues, they were saying like, it's astonishing how many bands like don't even post about their shows on <laughs> Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> it's like what is going on? Why so, play? You yeah, know, if so, you. I mean, I get it now a little bit more um, that we're doing from the podcast. I've always been promoting other people's shows. That's easy to do. You can get really excited about other people's stuff. And it doesn't sound weird when you're talking about it, you know. Um, but when you're talking about your own thing, I don't know why. It just feels kind of weird. But yeah. it shouldn't. Yeah, it's true. You should be proud of the stuff you make. Right. It's true. And that, like to your point, Michael, like there's a lot of stuff being made right now. I I think I saw you tweet earlier today. Like 
I have seven hours. Eight of a, hours? A best yeah, of. It ended up being eight hours. <laughs> and, I, and I posted it. I, the last episode of We Own This Down Music is an eight hour episode of <laughs> local music that I put together. I was just like, why not? For a yeah. whole work no, day. No, that's amazing. Yeah. That is absolutely that is, amazing. And it's not even amazing. everything, you know? Like, there was stuff I skipped, there was stuff I forgot, there's stuff I didn't hear. Like, you just can't hear it all. Right. Yeah. So, right. there's just a ton of it. And, you know, there's only so many shows that people will go to, I guess. I guess. Right. Or are there cities? Like, is, if you go to Philly, is, like, every local show just, like, packed? Like, is yeah. that is that what is that what happens? Is Nashville not supporting? I really don't know. Right. I don't know either. I doubt it. I feel like... It's probably like that in every city. Yeah. I would imagine. Maybe. I do think the percentage of people who live here who are musicians is higher than mm. most any other place. And I know a lot, a surprising and honestly alarming to me, <laughs> amount of musicians who don't listen to music. I hate that. <laughs> and I have the secret theory. I, I, I have the secret theory that... Musicians don't listen to music anymore. They just listen to podcasts. Hmm. It's yeah. and I know we're part of the problem. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it's a problem. It's just, it's just weird. It's, it's really weird. Yeah, it's like because I know for a fact that modern day poets don't read modern day poetry. Like they just don't. <laughs> There's all these like little journals that exist just so that like people can say that they've been published in in a journal, but they don't. None of the poets that I know read the other poems in that journal. Mm-hmm. They just like, hey, I got published in this. It's like <laughs> so weird. But that's kind of like what is happening with music more and more, mm-hmm. I think. I think maybe people are afraid of getting influenced. Like their stuff is going to turn into other people's stuff because they listen to it. I think that mm-hmm. people just hate music, really. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Good. Good I think it's an age thing. <laughs> Mm. I think you listen to, you, the generic you, listen to a ton of music from the age of, like, 10 to 25. And it's massively influential, and it, like, shapes who you are in a big way. If you're into music, it, like, shapes you. Oh, we got a car horn parking outside. Uh, all right, anyway. <laughs> I think you listen to a lot of that music, and it shapes who you are, and then you hit a certain age, and you go to a bunch of shows, and you're friends with people in the music scene, and then you're sort of like, well... That song I loved in high school, I'll just listen to that. And I think that's a lot yeah. of people. They yeah. just listen to the things that they used to listen to. Right. And, and that's that's why people go down to Broadway to hear yeah. the songs they totally. loved yeah. when they were 15 or whatever. Yeah. So that's really interesting. I don't know who's... Uh... That was one of my favorite moments on the podcast when Suzanne Chiani heard the train and she's like... <gasps> harmonizing with it that was beautiful it's a beautiful sound um so why don't we talk about like what our hopes for 2023 are and what you guys all hope to cover um Mm. next year yeah i have a good answer for this but i want to hear yours first Mm. i don't have an answer currently (laughs) (laughs) but maybe just people who need less edits no, I don't that's mind that. <laughs> the behind-the-scenes stuff. I got that. I got that. Uh, I would like to talk to more people about, like, I, I guess the biggest question that we keep coming across is how to have a job that you don't hate and continue to make music. So uh, I feel like there are jobs mm-hmm. out there that people would enjoy having. Uh, maybe they just don't know that they exist um or that they're lucrative 
So I would like to talk to more people about whether it's song licensing or working on guitars or whatever it may be, jobs that are music adjacent Mm. um, that can kind of get people thinking in that direction. I hope to expand our um, a scope of, of who we talk to and include more people outside of music. Mm-hmm. And because creative people is, is such a large, um, there's such, there's so many different types of creative people, whether it's like people who are writing novels right now, like, why would you do that? Or <laughs> people who are writing, um, you know, art criticism again, why? Or music criticism. I, you know, I love all that stuff. And or actors or, you know, no, probably no comedian needs to have another comedian on their podcast ever again. <laughs> but I'd be open to talking to, to a, a, you know, yeah. someone local who's like trying to make it here. Yeah, that would be interesting. Um, and then, yeah, just like more more people that are like blowing our minds. Um, we've been so it's been so rewarding. Uh, the feedback that I've gotten from my friends and and like people who are saying like this podcast is very useful mm-hmm. and instructive and i want to keep that spirit going um next year so me too and i want to ask some harder hitting questions <laughs> i want to get to the bottom of some of this stuff like albini i really wish i would have asked him we kind of s- skimmed over his transition from this like punk scene everybody's using everybody's stuff because nobody can afford anything and then we kind of just jumped into he had a studio how did you do that where'd that money come from he's probably still talking to us somewhere because he's (laughs) uh he did not want when at the end of the hour he was like what (laughs) so i i I think we could probably do a round two with him hopefully cool i'll ask him yeah i mean i'm i would just double down on what you said mike i think as of what I would hope for the show to do is to be instructive. And I think Carolyn, you're, you're getting at it as well with helping people understand that there are jobs within music that aren't being a musician per se, but are related and could be as fulfilling or relatedly fulfilling. Yeah. I just, I think the idea is something prescriptive and helpful, you know, like if you're a band that, that did the work of recording an album or writing an album, just we'll go there. Like you wrote a bunch of music what do you do next how do you get it recorded like how do you make the artwork for it like what should you do to distribute it like how do you book the show how do you promote the show like i know that's not necessarily what you all thought of with the concept of the show but those are questions that i'd love to see answered in some form or another because i think just having some sort of you know, guide is really yeah. helpful and you don't have to follow it step by step. But if we all like kind of came together as a community and like said like, Hey, Oh, this person can do posters. They're fantastic. Like reach out to them, maybe throw them 25 bucks, 50 bucks, whatever, 80 bucks, whatever to, to do that. Or maybe they'll do it for free and you'll promote them which just has its own problems. But anyway, like if there's a community of people that are willing to help out, like maybe we can all help one another sort of, find some level of success i don't know mm-hmm. yeah I, yep. I would agree with that I, w- I would like the answers to those questions as well so <laughs> yeah i think it's hard um but i do think that the answer lies in people helping one another i think but yeah i'd have to hear it from others to <laughs> really find out yeah mike do you think that this um 
process has been more uplifting than you expected? Yes, overall, for sure. Although the episode that will come out after this one is Kid Millions, and I felt like... (laughs) A completely deflated balloon <laughs> after uh, l- listening to him talk because he was he's in Oneida, which is one of like the most lauded bands in the indie rock sphere of the past thirty years, I would say. And he was like, "Yeah, my albums are basically just advertisements for drum lessons to kids." <laughs> I was like, "Okay, wow." So, um, keeping I don't want to use the a cliche, but like keeping it real. <laughs> Yeah. That's um, what we do on this podcast. Yeah, exactly. That was the first name of it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but I mean, having conversations like that where people who um, you think are, are really killing it and you think are are really successful and they have these careers that a lot of my friends would envy to have. And it's really um, when you pull back the curtain, like it's not what it's cracked up to be. That was mm-hmm. a really enlightening conversation because he was very honest about, yeah, you know where he was and and where the band is and and even even the you know you can get the best new music and pitchfork over and over and over again, but it doesn't mean that you're gonna pay, be able to pay the bills. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was interesting. I'm curious to know, you two are both in a band. Yeah, has this podcast sort of given you any perspective about how you feel about your band? It's yeah. been. It's been um, your band's called Laundry. Everyone, look it up. L a w n d r y. It's very good. <laughs> it's been. Um, I I think it makes me feel much better about obscurity. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Because <laughs> it's like no one really, uh, you know, has an answer to any of these problems, and it's and it's like um, we never did this to like make money from it. So yeah, we're not gonna stop either way. Yeah. So. So it's been a nice, um, it's been a nice validation from people that we really respect, um, who have, you know, like like people who like Pete Kember, Sonic Boom, uh, which I, <laughs> it was the only time I it made me wish that we were a video podcast mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. he was shirtless and smoking a joint the entire time we were talking. Um, That's but he what was, you'd hope. But he was saying that you know. Um, he was talking about like he was eating uh, like canned meat for years. Bag of remember it was like bag of steak or something. He was talking about oh my and frozen pizzas and and it's like he was in like the most influential band, Spaceman yeah. Three, like super influential. And he was poor, and we haven't had to like live a, a life of poverty. Um, and I'm super grateful for that. And we get to make the music that we want to make. And, you know. Carolyn, I put the same question to you. You're not m- making music yourself, but you are helping tons of musicians and tons of creative people. Has this show given you a different perspective when you talk to them and work with them? Um, yes. I mean, I've, I've always had, I guess, like a heart for the struggles of the musician because they've done so much for me in my life i mean the music you listen to is like your friend you Mm -hmm. know that's who gets you through hard times parties with you in the good times i mean i have music on almost all the time it's very much a part of my life so the people who make it it's been 
I mean, I moved to Nashville 10 years ago and, and it's been incredible to me to like know these people, to be part of this process and part of this community and, and help in any way. Um, so getting to do the podcast and, and talk to people who are uh, several of them, like on down the line, kind of from where we are age wise, uh, and just see that maybe aiming for this, like, big arena tour maybe that's not the only success that you can have you know there are many ways to have a beautiful life uh still making music or art or not you know having phases whatever it is there are many ways to live this life in a happy way yeah i mean i feel like the the people that um we spoke to who are like on the up and up like liza ann Mm -hmm. and to and uh, Tristan's pretty established, but she's, you know, she's still on the up and up, I would think. Mm-hmm. And they've, they're, they seem to be much more, like, mentally well. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's from the outside perspective. But, like, they, they seem to have balance, like, um, prioritizing mental wellness rather than, like, chasing the career. And, um, you know, they have, they have, both of them have different businesses going on, different side hustles and things like that. So music isn't their only thing, and they're cool with that. But they're also like, um, it's a different kind of perspective than like the super competitive. Like, you don't you 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 don't need a um, you shouldn't have a plan B or whatever. Mm-hmm. And which was complete bullshit. It was like one of the things that I really agree with Steve Albini saying. With like, you should have a plan B and a plan C and a plan D. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like. Just do music for fun, and otherwise it's going to kill you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that. sometimes I think about the 70s like rock star trope that's stuck around for so long, even though it's incredibly outdated. Like, no one's really doing that anymore. This, like, crazy fame and just living hard rock and roll lifestyle, you know? Yeah. You're just, like, partying every night all over the world. You know, the groupies and the private jets and all that stuff. And I don't know why that is still somehow what people think of when they think of, like, success in music. Yeah, it's weird. It's like there's that there's that famous picture of, like, Led Zeppelin where they're yeah. coming off the private plane and it says Led Zeppelin. But if you, f- like, fast forward, like, 40 years, like, the Rolling Stones are doing that and it's, like, it's the worst thing in the world. <laughs> and, like... I know, like, they they still have group is, and, like, Mick Jagger had a baby at, like, 70 years old or whatever, but that doesn't sound fun <laughs> for <No>. the baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I, I don't know what, maybe we're just getting older, but I, like, prefer a quieter lifestyle. Um, I didn't think that would happen to me. Maybe quarantine kind of gave us a second to to think about this stuff more yeah for sure i think so yeah hopefully people you know can uh embrace that smaller success and still be comfortable you know like playing at smaller venues or or even mid-sized venues thousand person room or something like i don't know that that comes with private jets and tour buses but you don't necessarily want to be struggling the whole time either Mm -hmm. right for sure I mean, I saw um, Lily Hyatt and Langhorn Slim the other night at the Basement East, mm-hmm. and I didn't really know any of the songs that anyone played at all. 
and it was great. It felt like super communal, and it felt like a lot of the people there didn't know anything about either artist, and it was awesome. It was like uh, it felt like a night of like communal discovery for which is rare, and it only happens at um, you know small venues like that. It can't happen at like a Taylor Swift right. three <laughs> nights at Nissan Stadium. Right. If you're spending 250 bucks on the ticket, you better know who's playing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe we should talk about ticket prices really fast. Uh, I feel like we should readjust the ticket prices all around. We could start it at at this table. Let's all go in together. I'm very one big union style. Uh, (laughs) And I'm like, let's go ahead. Let's work it out now. We can all agree together. I like the idea of the larger the venue, the the lower the prices. Mm. You know, because mm. the worse the seats. <laughs> like yeah. if you're at Nissan Stadium watching Taylor Swift, like you're watching like a speck of dust. It, you feel like Neil deGrasse Tyson, like looking <laughs> through a telescope. Yeah, and like you're watching this like weird concert where yeah. like all these you're just listening to echoes. Yeah, it's strange, mm. and I don't know. I feel like that should be like a three dollar show because <laughs> like. <laughs> You know, the, the parking and leaving, that's like four hours of your life that you'll never get back. <laughs> Interesting. So. Is that what you meant? $3 for a uh, no, stadium I show? Think, uh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> she's getting paid or whatever. Um, but I'm like, we, we should like up it. I mean, I don't think there should 15? be $5 shows anymore. No. It's just, it's 2022, 2023, maybe by the time people hear this. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't think there should be $5 shows. It's yeah. too little. Like, I how agree. are you going to split yeah. that? You can't even, number one, you can't split that between a band and the venue. That's insane. Right. And then yeah. if there's two bands, which there's almost always two, that's just, it's just crazy. Like, and no one has, there should be like um, a moratorium on the cash at the door. Oh, yeah. Um, Everyone should have a card reader. I've never sure. had mm-hmm. a, I, I, I can't tell you the last time I I carried cash on me. When my when my mom was in town, she gave me like twenty dollars <laughs> because she said I had to have cash on me. But it's like mm-hmm. I don't I never have cash on me. So if I go to a show, I have to like get cash, and then it's all a weird thing. And you know, you should uh, venues should like prioritize like people living in twenty twenty two rather yeah. than nineteen eighty three with the five dollars show because then they could charge more. Because mm-hmm. I would happily pay. 20 bucks to yeah, see 20 dollars in imaginary money is nothing right yeah it's just your venmo i don't yeah. even count that and, then, and if you never check your bank account it's like almost free it's <laughs> 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 hmm. a lot of problematic statements yeah. in all of that. <laughs> well i uh i also want bands to put up their venmo more yeah visibly oh yeah it like, should be on the drum machine, or it should be on the, dr- the like the drum head. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's honestly <laughs> that's called a drum hilarious. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a uh, kind of genius though, because I will tip way more than the ticket was going to be for like a free show. I mean, I'm not saying everyone does that, or that you can depend on people to do that, but uh, I think if you politely ask, we should yeah. have um, we should make shirts with the Venmo on it. <laughs> And Our, see what happens oh, cool. as, a, as an experiment. Well, those bachelorettes ride around with their Venmo on their cars. Oh, you know? hideous. Yeah, that's true. They're like, yeah. here for my bachelorette, buy me a drink. I'm like, does that work? I hope it does. Mm. You know? That's nice I hope of people you. are generous enough to do that. Not you, but, though. No. There's probably some creeps. <laughs> yeah. There's probably some creeps. <laughs> yeah. 
we can make that t-shirt happen i think that'd be cool <laughs> yeah just to see what what it if it does anything or not you yeah know? now it's our turn to merchandise it's our turn we're a band basically yeah, yeah. we're a new band yeah, we're natural's latest band <laughs> uh, we're all uh talking it's vocal it's a vocal group <laughs> yeah yeah we're an acapella <laughs> we're acapella that's another word i was yeah. looking for yeah nashville's acapella spoken word yeah conversation yeah. music conversation oh, wow. music yeah. this is good this is really good <laughs> so look out for our first album next year yeah We'll be releasing a single. Uh, this is one, actually. This is our first single. <laughs> first right song. <laughs> so speaking it's all of improv, um, uh, we already had our first concert where you were not a part of. Sorry, um, I had to travel for work. I just want everyone to know. Um, I did want to be there. It was at the bar that I book, so I wanted to be there. I love to be there. Um, You'll be at the next one. Yeah, you bet. Yeah, March. I hope you will too. Out there. Yeah, listening March second. Uh, God willing. Yeah, is that the right date? I, I think always so. forget. I think it is. All right, March second. It is. Love it. Yeah. yeah, it'll be fun. Maybe it'll be a little warmer. Yeah. So, um, just to wrap things up here. Yeah. Um, any New Year's resolutions for Devalued? Ooh, great question. Get more listeners would be good. That's um, a good resolution. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a sponsor or two. That'd be nice. Yeah, I think for, from the, I guess I'm producer of the show, I yes. guess. I don't yeah. know that I give myself that label. But uh, more listeners, uh, sponsors, I think doing clips of the show. We talked about that recently mm-hmm. uh, to share little insights from the conversations that you all are having that would lead more listeners in. So instead of sort of asking someone to like click a link and subscribe to a podcast, you just get it to them on Twitter and on Instagram and they can listen right yeah. there. And maybe if it's 30, 60 seconds long, maybe that's enough to have them click on through, yeah. tap on through to listen to more. So that's those are really the, the minor goals. The major goals are just to like talk to these people that you want to talk to and ask the hard questions. I want hard hitting <laughs> questions. I agree. Yeah. And then get everyone paid in some way. That's like at the very root of it. I, you know, art and commerce. I think you should get paid for working hard. We're so. doing this in real time. We're yeah. talking about it as we do it. It's meta. <laughs> yeah. I agree. <laughs> um, behind the scenes, I would like uh, me and Caroline to like wear matching um, clothing when we interview our. our uh, yeah. Honestly, mm-hmm. I think Have you we, thought about cameras good filming it? thought about it we've thought at about least it. you have like in-house guests yeah if you think it would be you put it on youtube you know yeah. it's just another Honestly, outlet i yeah. have had a friend to recommend that same here <laughs> so i've had many people say like you should put it on uh youtube with video yeah and i was like i'm totally for it i think the camera loves me <laughs> yeah <laughs> i agree i <laughs> i i'll be there too i guess uh <laughs> well um do you have any that yeah i mean um just to keep keep rocking in the free world next year <laughs> wow it really is like yeah, a band nice. we're just trying to like keep going yeah that's fun yeah i like it i'm ringo in this band oh wow that's great thank you i'm john and paul 
guess I'm George Martin. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm Yoko. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not. Uh, she didn't do anything. She didn't so. do anything bad. She yeah. just made great music. <laughs> yeah. for I, real. She's her music is freaking amazing. I believe you. Um, <laughs> do you think she would talk to us? I hope so. I think she would. I think she would talk to anybody. Cool. Yeah. We'll work on All that. All right. Yeah, we'll, Resolution. We'll Let's speak <laughs> with Yoko. Yoko. Let's speak with Yoko. That'd be good. Okay. That's the name of this uh, episode. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. And um, we're excited to do more. 2023. Yeah. Find out more about the show at devalued.show. Follow us on Twitter at devalued podcast and on Instagram at devalued podcast. Right? Isn't that what the username is? That devalued is, podcast. That is exactly right. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>